The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hi there, and welcome to Big Universe. I'm Jim Lefter. I'll be your host for today. I'm a spiritual journeyman and media consultant. Joining me today, as always, is my amazing co-host, Spiritual Rebel Sarah Bowen. Sarah is the author of Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. And her new book is Sacred Send-Offs, an animal chaplain's advice for surviving animal loss, making life meaningful, and healing the planet. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? I'm doing well, Jim. How are you? I'm doing good. How's the book tour going? It's going. You know, I'm, I'm at that place now in the book tour where I'm not sure if I'm coming or I'm going and what I've left where. So <laughs> <laughs> I am glad to be home for a little while. You know, I, I am someone who loves travel and I've realized I also really like being home. I miss the cats. I miss the husband. I miss, you know, knowing where everything is in its rightful place. And have you been communing with animals on the on the road? You know, I was. I was just in Santa Fe, and they, you know, Santa Fe in, in New Mexico is a really interesting area to me because it seems so inhospitable. Like it was so hot, and it's so dry. And at one point, I was driving the truck down the highway, and tumbleweeds actually rolled in front of me. Big, <laughs> that huge sounds like a tumbleweeds. movie. Yeah. It was like a movie, and I realized that that you know that trope is is real. And I started to watch tumbleweeds, and started to wonder if perhaps they have some sort of sentience to them as well, because they dance and they roll and they just seem so life filled, but they're you know, these very dry, brittle, round, um, you know, almost kind of collections of, of straw is, is kind of what they seem like. So I've started to do a lot of inquiry about, about plant life while I was there. And of course, talking to plentiful lizards. Plentiful lizards. Well, you must talk to lizards when you're on, on the road in Santa Fe. It's about the only thing that shows up. So. <laughs> Did you pick up any as uh, co-writers in your journey there? I, I did not, but we, we did go to a very, very wild place that I think you would have liked, Jim, called Meow Wolf, which is in Santa Fe, and it's an art installation that's very kind of sci-fi. Uh, an artist group of collective uh, got together and put it together, and they got $2.7 million from George R.R. R. Martin, who's the, the guy behind Game right. of Thrones, and took an entire bowling alley and created this very strange kind of uh, choose your own adventure, walk through it, like you walk through a refrigerator down into some sort of weird galactic tunnel. I, you know, I, I'm still uh, don't have the words to explain the experience, but perhaps we'll need to go do a road trip uh, live feed there from Meow Wolf someday. <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. I think I'd have a good time there. Just, just putting it out there in the universe. You know, you never know what we might, uh, what we might say, and what might, might come forth. 
Absolutely. Well, we have Marianne DeMarco uh, on the show today, and she's a psychic medium and author of the book Medium Mentor. And I'm I'm fascinated by this stuff. I'm really uh, I'm really excited to have her on. Um, I, I I think it's really. Do you think you have uh, psychic or intuitive powers of any kind? You know, it's really interesting. I I get in this inquiry with myself. Is you know what what is the relationship between having psychic um, powers, I guess would be the word, or, um, you know, having a connection with God. And, and I'm not, you know, I kind of go back and forth about whether, whether these are the same thing, whether these are different things, you know, are we talking different languages about the same thing? Uh, but I know that I do have, uh, I do hear things sometimes that don't seem like they come from within me. Mm-hmm. And I do see things sometimes that feel like, that's, you know, I'm, that's not coming from inside. That's coming from some, you know, somewhere outside. So I'm not sure that I have the language to describe what my experience of that is, but I think it's possible. How how about you? You know, I think, I think I've mentioned before, you know, when I, I do the um, journaling, sometimes I have a God journal and sometimes I, you know, I have conversations with the universe and, you know, I get responses that, you know, I don't think I necessarily would think come from me, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it, it could be just, a, I think it's a, a wiser part of me and maybe a higher, a higher part of me or something like that. But, you know, I'm open to the possibility. I think when I was younger, um, I, I felt like I had more of an intuitive sense and I really want to get back to that. I think, uh, I think I need to do some of these practices to kind of get back to that experience. Yeah, I think I think we we quash so much out of children, you yeah. know, imagination or um, you know connections that we think we might have. I know I had those with with animals and different critters as a child, and then there was kind of a certain age where it was like, no, you know, go to biology class. You're 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 imagining it, you know, and things right. like that. So um, I wonder about that too. With you know, children often have these very deep spiritual connections with you know, whatever the wording is within their tradition. And then we somehow, I don't know, I always say sex, drugs, and rock and roll takes it away. But there's some point in puberty where I think we become disconnected. So these different models or frameworks for getting reconnected all seem valuable to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a quote for us today? I do. And I have to say it's a little off topic today. Um, for what we're talking about, but I, I have been finding myself in tune or very aware of some of the violence that's going on in the world, on the news around us, and different things that are happening. So I think that probably inspired my quote today, but, but here's what I have. May all beings not fall into the state of indifference or be caught in the extremes of attachment and aversion. Mm. Wow, that's very important right now. Yeah, that's Thich Nhat Hanh. Oh, yes. Who yes. we recently lost to the what's next. Um, but I, I like that idea of not falling into a state of indifference or finding myself on either pole of, mm-hmm. of some sort of issue. Right. What'd you come up with? Mine's kind of a long one. Um, the first piece, which is the most important, is that which comes within the souls of people when they realize their relationship their oneness with the universe and all its powers. And when they realize that the center of the universe dwells the great spirit and that its center is really everywhere, it is within each of us. 
Ooh, you were totally on point today. Who is that? That's Black Elk from the, oh. I believe from the Oglala Lakota, Lakota people. Lakota, yeah, yeah. fabulous. See, you must have been channeling me out West. I was. You missed me, didn't you, Jim? I did. I, I really know, did. I missed you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's do it. Marianne DeMarco is the author of Medium Mentor and Believe, Ask, Act, an internationally recognized psychic medium, healer, and spiritual teacher. Her work has been featured in media outlets like the New York Times, the Dr. Oz Show, Women's Health, and Red Book. After learning to meditate at the age of five, Marianne began consciously developing her connection with spirit and adulthood. Today, she's offering, she offers validating and positive one-on-one -on -one sessions, powerful group readings, workshops, and individual mentorship for developing psychics. Visit her online at mariannedemarco.com. Her new book is Medium, Men Medium Mentor, 10 Powerful Techniques to Awaken Divine, Gui Divine Guidance for Yourself and Others. Hi, Marianne. Welcome to Big Universe. Hi. Thank you for having me. It is so exciting to have you on. I'm, I'm thrilled. I really enjoyed your book. I, I loved it so much that I picked up your, your previous book, Believe, Ask, and Act, too, which is, which is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've, I've always been interested in the idea of spirit guides, and I uh, wanted a, a kind of a primer on that. And now you in the in the first one, you give us, you know, the basics of things. And then in media mentor, you kind of take it to a different, a different level. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I appreciate the feedback. So um, how do you know if you have psychic abilities that can be useful to others, I guess would be my first question. We all have psychic abilities, every single one of us. And we have access to them anytime we want. We have access to developing them, to uh, using them for ourselves and for others in whatever capacity feels good and authentic to us and to our souls, whether it be in relationships or our jobs or as a professional psychic medium, you could do that as well. Uh, but for the most part, it's, it's really in, in whatever way you want it to be, just, just acknowledge that you have the ability. So everybody has that ability. It's just some people are able to practice to hone it more or Absolutely, they have an, yeah. or they have an innate ability that's a little further up i think i was i was raised it was very open i i wasn't uh taught to forget it i was taught to accept it and my mom really nurtured it in a, in a very positive way and i think when you realize that you have that access that we have uh, we can use all of the senses including our six to, to help navigate through our lives lives that you can use these abilities and yes learn how to hone in on them in a way that feels more purposeful you realize that it's been instinctual all the time you're just amplifying it in a different way you know little things like hindsight i knew i should have done that i, I wish i paid attention to my inner voice that day those are little ways that our intuition is showing up and accessing our psychic abilities so why did you decide to write medium mentor I wrote this book because I was really hearing a calling from so many people to have a deeper understanding of how they themselves can make a connection in a, I hope, very relatable way. And my uh, calling to do it was to demystify all of this, to uh, have people realize that this isn't something that's so wooey and outside of ourselves. This is something that actually lives within us. And with simple techniques, powerful techniques, but simple techniques, you can access it every single day if you choose. Well, that's awesome. I, I we'll definitely get into some of the techniques, but I thought we'd do some, you know, go back to some one hundred and one stuff, and that is the idea of spirit teams. That we yes. each have, we each have a spirit team. And I know right now my spirit team is going. Oh my gosh, why doesn't he listen to me more? 
this is I, craziness. I love that meme of like the guardian angel with the head in the hands, like just like, you know, sort of shaking their head exactly. back and forth. Like, what do we need to do for you to hear us? And that just takes a lot of practice, you know, but we do all have a universal team on the other side. We're never alone. It's actually one of the most comforting things that I've learned through this work. Not only are our, our loved ones there that are on the other side that we can have access to, but we've got this cool spiritual team that we travel with in soul packs and we have access to and we meet them lifetime after lifetime. And they are here to give us guidance to access our inner knowing. And all we have to do is learn how to hear them with more clarity. And uh, once we figure that out, the breadcrumbs become easier and easier to follow. And who's part of our spiritual team? Just kind of a ballpark idea of the, of the gang that's back there. It's like spirit guides, angels, loved ones. For me, that's how I look at it. Your higher source, your higher power. You want to get into what they look like. For me, they're very worldly looking people who have probably been here before that maybe we've been with in past lives. I don't pay too much attention to uh, getting too much into what they look like for myself, but for other people, I find that it's comforting if you have something to go on, you know, so maybe indigenous people, I've seen Grecians, I've seen Romans, I've seen all kinds of Egyptians, you know, all kinds of symbolism behind why that particular energy may be near you. And they change all the time. And I, based on what we need in our lives, but for the most part, we have one that kind of ushers us in and ushers us out. I'm always like, they're like the cruise director of our lives, you know, bring <laughs> us in and out. Uh, but I trust that they are just there. And yes, I feel like that, that energy can change. And especially based on maybe your own frame of reference. So if you have a very religious background, you know, maybe you're feeling the saints around you or Jesus around you, or Yahweh, whatever it looks like for you. Um, but just know that there is a source and there are these higher energies that are helping you tap in. In different ways that we were able to, that some people are able to receive receive this information, are, are, is that called clairs? Is that what they're called? Yes, you want to use all of your clairs, uh, clairaudience, clairvoyancy, clairaliens, clairgustance, you know, we're tasting, we're smelling, we're feeling, we're healing, uh, hearing, but for the most part, pay attention to, to your claircognizance, you're just your inner knowing, that gut feeling, that pull or that flow to your guidance in your life. And, and I want to be clear in whatever that looks like for you, don't try and, and fight against your belief system in life, flow into that belief system, utilize it so that it works best for you. I, I always feel like um, we're always trying to make it look like something else, but I really feel like make it look like uh, what suits you best. Lean into your, your higher faith, again, your higher power, whatever works for you, and allow that to be your guidance. So Jim, there was one in there that I want to make sure we don't freeze over because when I read the book, I thought, what the heck is that? I've never heard of this before. Talk about taste for a second, Marianne. I had not heard this. And I was like, what? I'm so, so glad you said it. I'm so glad you said it. When I first, you know, when I started reading, you know, they'll layer in the clairs. And as you develop your abilities, they're happy to show you more of what you can do. And I started to realize that as I was speaking with loved ones on the other side, I'm like, why am I tasting powdered sugar? Why am I, you know, and I started to see like cookies or cakes. And I was realizing, oh, your, your grandma, you know, they were a baker 
and they're trying to get me to taste, you know, I was tasting like Sunday sauce, you know, which is really like relevant my heritage, right? I have Italian roots and I'm thinking, oh, that's clearly Sunday sauce. Like I'm eating meatballs. Like it was very clear to me what that was. Right, right. And I was finding that spirit was using that as a frame of reference in order to make a connection on a deeper level. And because I love to eat, I'm sure food was the easiest way to kind of go in and get my attention. I talk about in the book, um, hearing the word pizza, tasting pizza, smelling pizza, you know, I could, you can't kind of get away from it. And spirit just loves to use all of the senses and the smell you've often heard of, you know, uh, phantom smells, which I don't love that word, but it is, you know, smoke, you know, maybe your loved one was the smoke or you could smell their perfume or the smell of flowers being around. Um, and when you're looking around and there's no way to kind of make heads or tails of why that's happening spirit just kind of loves to use that yeah the taste i know i get to taste many things <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun so smell taste hearing um uh seeing uh, your clairvoyancy seeing. yep mm -hmm. and then your inner knowing that claircognizance that intuition uh, oh and sentience you know goosebumps uh -huh. you know when you're kind of Ooh, you know, you can feel the chills or you feel the presence of somebody near you or just energy in general, you know, all my, my beautiful empaths that are out there, you know, you're kind of feeling that energy coming in at you. And, uh, and again, they'll access everything. You should get to know your clairs, hone in on them like they're tools. How do you know what, how do you discern what you're getting versus, you know, your imagination, for instance, you know, mm -hmm. Well, your imagination, I, I, I say in the book, let's use the imagination because energy, spirit, higher self coming in and using your frame of reference. So if you're starting to uh, think about a memory that you had or a friend's uh, face pops into your mind's eye, you know, expand on that memory. I do a, a meditation called Meeting Hours in Heaven, where you create this great space with your loved one, something that really feels familiar. And really what we're doing here is we're activating that third eye. We're helping you sharpen the imagery in something that feels safe and familiar. And then you're allowed to invite your loved one to kind of come in. So for me, let's use that imagination because spirit will show you the most unique things in order to get their point across. So you sort of want to have that that broad scope and allow them to show you all those signs and symbols. Our loud mind, however, is something that's hard to discern. Are we thinking with fear and doubt and getting that confused with spirit's guidance? Uh, spirit's guidance really feeling like an inner nudging, that inner knowing, and our, our loud mind can get in the way of, uh, you know, doubt, fear, ego, all of those lovely things that like to pop up. So, let me ask you a blunt question and that is why can't somebody just whisper in my ear and, and tell me exactly what they're saying instead of giving me you know all these questions what why do they work that way i would make my job so much easier i wish they would just kind of just come in and be like hello my name is john and right. I, you know i lived many years on this earth you know i think that would be great you know it's the idea of uh, I, I used to want to be a foreign language teacher when I was a kid, and it does have a feeling like that where there is this element of translation. For me, it's an energy thing. You know, they are on a different vibration, a different frequency, and, and just like tuning into any type of uh, radio station, you know, trying to get that that right frequency and just takes practice. Some of them very clear in clear audience where they literally will come in and just speak to me that way. I did have the misconception for many years before I learned how to do this work that it was an outside voice. Hello, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like something kind of like that, but it's actually an inner voice, your own voice, sounds like your own voice coming through. And yeah, some of them are just more cryptic for whatever reason, the frequency, you know, we're just trying to reach them 
in that same way and meet it there. So yeah, it comes, it can be a little cryptic. Some of them are pretty, pretty upfront, pretty blatant, obvious. Right, right. The ones yeah. that are the ones that are a little louder in life, perhaps are a little louder on the sure, other side. Sure, sure. So um, let's get into some of the 10 techniques that you talk about to awaken divine guidance. Okay. Um, uh, I know that uh, now this is this is for everybody, but it's also for people that are are learning to read for others that you're mentoring. Is that is that correct? Or or what what's the 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 book is for anybody who is looking to make connection for themselves. So in a DIY, very DIY way, or if you are looking into accessing your psychic medium abilities as well. So it's for both. It's for anybody who's looking to start as a psychic medium uh, and investigate their abilities further. And But for the most part, which includes psychic mediums as well, we must learn to use it for ourselves first uh, before we give it over to others. So it's a self-practice and yes, it can be a service too. So number one is check your ego. Mm-hmm. Check it, check it again. The ego can show up very pesky, very pesky, always showing up. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. What if you get it wrong? Oh, look at that person over there. They're doing it way better than you. That's, <laughs> that's your ego. And when you learn to recognize that the ego is false, it's just there to teach you a lesson. You no longer try to stifle it. Uh, what I do now is I acknowledge that it's there. I'm like, oh, hey, I see you. I know what you're trying to do. And then I get to work with my guides and figuring out why it's showing up. And usually I, I talk about in the book, there's steps to giving it gratitude, surrendering, uh, celebrating others is a wonderful way to answer your ego. But you want to understand why it's there and how you can work with it instead of against it. And it's important to deal with our fears too. That's the that's another technique. And uh, sure. um, when you're dealing with fears, I imagine this comes up in when you're trying to read for yourself or reading for others, but in life in general too. I mean, mm -hmm. we all have fears, and some fears are important to acknowledge. But you know, you you talk about it in kind of a different way. I do. I, fear will always be there. You know, we, we are live in this human earthly realm and in this realm, there's fear. There's no way to get around it. So again, just like the ego, I want to work with it. I talk about not feeding your fear. Let's not nurture it. Uh, you know, I talk about, I think about the vision that I had of rats. I don't like rats. And, uh, you know, I talk about not feeding those rats. You know, my guide's showing me, what if you just let them go fight themselves over there? But we do the work anyway. We acknowledge that it's there, but we lean into this higher self space anyway. Uh, doesn't matter that the fear is there. And then you, again, you get to learn from it and you get to answer it with moving forward anyway, regardless in whatever it is that you're trying to manifest or connect to. In understanding the, the boundaries that we need to set, um, th these are just boundaries. These are boundaries that are both with, with spirit and with uh, our our daily lives what sure. talk, speak to that a little bit I had a this is a tough lesson for me to learn uh learning to be well when I first started doing spirit work I really had to learn when I was open when I was closed I wanted to be very specific in what I wanted to see for others and what I didn't want to see and I had to state that very clearly I talk about doing a, a soul contract with your guides you know making sure that you're being very clear in how you want to experience spirit because I saw some pretty scary stuff when I was a kid and I didn't want to translate that over uh, into my work. And when you start to set those boundaries with spirit and with energy, you then can start to incorporate that in your private life, in your personal life. 
and learning that no is a full sentence in learning that you, if something's not serving you well in energy, you have the right to clear that space and give yourself permission to feel nurtured and good and not put yourself in positions. Again, there's accountability there, right? To follow through with your boundaries and not put yourself in positions that lower your vibration or make you feel negative and that you're allowed to say no to that and say yes to having other things come into your space that serve you better. And, and I imagine that uh, you, as a psychic medium, as a professional psychic medium, you're bombarded all the time with read for me. Can you read for me all the time? You know, absolutely. I am. Yes. And I understand it. So I meet that with a lot of compassion because I know people want those answers. Right. But if I'm going to serve in a really good way and in a positive way, I have to honor my energy first. And if I have read everybody that asked, I would be drained and then I'm, I'm not good for anyone. So I have to really nurture that. And I had to learn because I, I come from that kind of pleasing background. I had to learn, I have to say no sometimes and that it's okay to do that. And I have to say, it's honestly, beautifully never met with resistance. Oh, good. Um, yeah, it's like usually really well received. Like they understand and they're like, thank you for just even considering it. I appreciate it. And I usually would say, when I have the energy, I will get to you. I will mm -hmm. let you know when, and mm -hmm. then it, it just gives me, you know, sort of the power back to honor my well-being. And contracts with spirit. You talk about having a contract with spirit. You, you said earlier, um, you know, or you said in the book that, you know, you don't want to be able to see uh, illness and death as, as. Yeah, that's a no things. for me. How do you mm -hmm. make a contract with, with spirit? I mean, it, I got, I got shown that when I was little, you know, I was younger, about 13 or 14 years old. I remember seeing death on, on someone and they passed the next day. And I, when I got into this work, all of that stuff came flooding back. It's like my guides reminded me of what I can have access to if I don't set that contract straight. So I was really clear. And I talk about being the CEO of your spirituality and being in charge. They already know what your boundaries are. They want you to save them so that you can have an understanding of how to protect yourself. So I go in and I do a meditation with my guides where I put the contract out. We're in constant negotiation and edits. And I just, you know, <laughs> I imagine. And I, yep. And I tell them, yes, no to that, you know, and it was really more things like I was being called to kind of do this on a bigger platform and that's okay, but allow me my time to be a mom, allow me time to honor my marriage, my relationships. That was very important to me. And I have had projects not work out uh, because of that. And I'm grateful for it. After the disappointment, I realized, oh, wait, that's boundary. I, I, they're, I'm being protected. I'm being protected. They're protecting me. And then I always move into gratitude. It's very important to set those, set that clear contract. And you can do that with um, learning lessons too. You know, if you're having uh, issues in love relationships, if you're having issues with your finances, if you're really looking to manifest change, well-being, physical well-being in your life, go in and work on those contracts with your guides. They're happy to do it. And beyond the kind of energy aspects of this and the metaphysical, you also talk in the book about working with physical tools, such as crystals or cards mm -hmm. or things like that. Can you talk a little bit that, of course, they're incredibly popular right now. Yes. We're, we're, we have a lot of card decks that are outselling books mm -hmm. these days. So yes. can, you, can you talk a little bit about um, your relationship with, with physical tools and what you think uh, might be helpful for others? Sure. I the reason why I like starting with physical tools is I think because sometimes if you're, if your ego is showing up and you're being, uh, you know, skeptical about your own abilities, something that feels really tangible can help. 
So pulling a card as a prompt, remember when I first started reading, I liked having the cards. They made me feel secure. So I was able to kind of put the energy into it and pull the card. Crystals are beautifully grounding. You know, allow the crystal to choose you. You know, we don't choose the crystal, the crystal chooses you. But I use those in the beginning too as a, um, as a conductor for the energy because I would go home and I would still feel that reading with me. You know, and I would feel all the nerves that were surrounding it until I learned how to release and ground myself. I would carry that crystal around. Uh, I have always uh, loved writing. So automatic writing has always been a tool for me and still is, although they, they do take some of these things away. When I started reading large groups, I certainly couldn't sit there and read. So they have fun with taking your tools away, I always say. But if you're looking to connect with a loved one too, I love holding things of theirs. Uh, that's a wonderful mm -hmm. tool too. I have my great grandmother's rosaries and I often will hold them uh, when I feel want to feel comforted or, or have her near me. I can feel the energy in there. And I think that these are wonderful ways to feel that tangible connection. And they're pretty evidentiary too. When, you, when you're asking a question and you pull a card and the card is the reflection of the answer that you were needing or, or you know, the energy comes off it that makes you feel like it's all in sync that you've got mm -hmm. guidance out of it. You mm -hmm. build that confidence then within your practice and your connection. Is there a danger of like getting distracted by that kind of stuff that you, yes. I mean, cause it seems like to me, sometimes it feels like um, there are so many different modalities that a person can, can go to that. I, I myself sometimes can get distracted to say, okay, which one do I go to for this? And you know, there's, yeah. there's this, path and there's this path and then there's this path and then you, you wonder if you get to the message I love that you said that I really do because we can what I find is that some people can really put so much in tool wise I want to constantly work from a high vibration I want to continually live in the ethereal we must be rooted and grounded in this earthly realm. We must come back to this space. This is where we are residing for the moment. And so I always say, let's have one foot in. Some person just said to me, one wing in and one wing out or one foot in and one foot out. We have to remember that we are here. If we constantly rely on all of these tools and it's starting to get confusing, we're forgetting that the inner intuition, that inner knowing, that higher guidance really lives within us already. And so we don't want to use them as a crutch. We just want to use them as a, a starting tool. And then what my hope is through this book is that you start to learn to do it all on your own, that it becomes instinctual. Mm -hmm. And then these other tools or modalities that we're using are just when, when we're being called to do it. So I meditate when I'm being called to. If I feel like I, I what, what should I do guides? I'm looking for some extra guidance here and I hear pull a card or do a writing. I always kind of go with what they say if I need it. Usually I'm just sitting and listening and having this conversation with them like I am with you now. <laughs> you, you mentioned grounding and that seems quite important. I mean, in the book, you talk about two foundational practices of cleansing and grounding. Is, yes. this, is this something that we should do before we try to uh, establish a connection with our guides? Is it something that you do, you know, when you're doing a reading for someone or, or sitting with someone? Yeah, I think uh, ritualistic practices, again, feel good as well. I smudge, uh, I please do your due diligence. I talk about where um, it originates from in the book. And then I also go into prayer is a wonderful way. And I bring in the light every single day. I surround myself 
with uh, light coming from the, the top of my head down into the crown chakra. I illuminate my body with light. I root myself into mother earth. Uh, and this is on me. This is my accountability. If I'm opening myself up to different energies, I have to learn how to ground and protect myself. And being consistent in that practice is very, very important uh, anytime that you open up, if, especially if you're a healer as well, if you're doing healing work. Again, whether you're doing this professionally or you're doing it in relationships, or you're just looking to open up for your own guidance, you must ground and protect yourself. That's kind of like a non-negotiable for me. So I'm curious when you sit, when someone sits down for a reading um, or, or you're in the process of giving a reading to someone, you ground yourself. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's the process like, you know, um, for, for someone to, what's the process like for you to get that communication for someone? Can you just walk us through that a little bit? I sure can. I mean, like I said, when I first started out, I was very, very particular. I would bring in the light. I would open myself up. Uh, and I would carry my crystal, I'd light my candle. And I think that everybody should do that. I think everybody should figure out a way that works for them because it's a wonderful prompt. It's like, you're, it's like you're getting ready. Spirit knows you're getting ready. And I love that. Now I'll bring in that light every single day. And usually right before I sit with a client, I will say, you know, dear spirit, please give me the words to serve. Uh, I say that every single time. And then I, <laughs> my inner dialogue is, okay, guys, let's get to work, you know? So right. I, t- I want their people to be ready. I tell my peeps to get it going and we just start uh, doing whatever it is. And, and sometimes I'll pregame in that. I will, uh, I tell my students, we want to see, you know, what type of reading, Am I, is it healing? Are we going to speak to loved ones more? Are we going there psychically? Are we talking about their guides? And my guides will prompt me. And the beauty of that is I'm just here to, as the conduit. Mm-hmm. So there's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just doing my due diligence in practicing, but I'm not reaching for anything i'm just receiving and giving over the information and that's it's not about me in any way after that or during are there, that are there questions that you that a someone who's sit, sitting for a reading should ask you know versus one kind versus another kind of question i mean yes no answers or open-ended um, is there a certain path for me my style of reading is i would prefer that they don't ask any questions uh, okay. until, until the end of the reading, I, I always tell somebody, if you have questions, just hold on to them. Let's see what spirit has to say first, because I believe that when you sit down with uh, a psychic, a medium, a healer, the messages that you are receiving are the ones that you are supposed to be receiving. Hmm. Again, we're kind of not in charge of that. And so I always give them a few moments at the end of the reading, if they feel like they want to ask questions or if there was a connection that they wanted to make. And I have to say, usually spirit covers it. Hmm. Uh, so it's kind of fun for then it's even more evidentiary for the, for the sitter that they get to be, look at their page and they go, oh, wow, I, I don't have anything else to ask. You guys answered it all. So it's kind of cool. There's also a practice in the book you talk about at great length, which is creating a spiritual mission statement. Mm, yes. Can you talk about yes. how to do that and why it's important? Think to my business background. You know, I think you have to really ask, why do you want to do this work? Well, you know, uh, for me, it's, I, I want to give over for the greater good of all concern. I'm working from that light. I want to give that over. And I think when you sit with a mission statement, you're really channeling that from your guides. And I think they're giving you a great start to what your spiritual business looks like and why you want to do it. It's very important. What does that mean to you? 
uh, what do you want to give over to your people? And so I just sit out and uh, after you do your spiritual schedule and you learn that you want to give this over in some way, channel that up and see what it sounds like. Very important. I'm so glad you asked that question. I haven't gotten asked that question uh, yet. And I think it's a huge part of uh, understanding the, the weight and the responsibility of the work and why you want to do it and what you want to give over to others. And you also said something there that we should not let go by. Uh, which is developing a spiritual schedule. Oh, and yes. I love, I love that I, I teach at a seminary and, you know, we're constantly working with people on how to put daily practice in and that whole tug and pull of people getting upset because they didn't do zazen every morning for an yeah, hour. they're and, shaming themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's, I think that, you know, we are in a culture where um, we, we kind of value, um, the repetition in some ways, and there's a there's a plus side to that, and there's also a you know beat ourselves over the head side with it. So could you mm -hmm. talk about your approach to spiritual schedules? Yes, I think that first first of all you have to be consistent. Let's not dabble in it. That we know, and we don't want to do this one week we go hardcore, the next three weeks we forget about it because just like anything else, we're exercising a muscle here. And we want to be consistent in that relationship that we're trying to develop. Like you wouldn't ghost your friend, you know, so you don't want to ghost your guides. You kind of want to make sure that we're in, in communication with them. But I think it has to be very realistic. And I also think it has to be authentically you. Again, we go back to not making it look like somebody else. I have a student of mine who has six children and, uh, you know, she was getting up and at 530 in the morning and she's meditating and she's saying her mantras. And then she's, you know, she says, and then I, I go to my, my spiritual class and then I come back and I set my intentions. And then I don't know, I light a candle and I clear the space. And I said, have you put in the rest of your schedule? And she hmm. said, well, that, that's a lot of spiritual practice. She said, I'm doing, I said, oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about making breakfast making lunch, going to the soccer game, getting your kids to school. When she filled up the schedule with the rest of the stuff, she realized why she was feeling so spiritually drained. I call it a spiritual hangover. And so spiritual hangover, I work too much. You know, when you're giving all of that output, are you taking time to replenish? And so to your point, yeah, if you go hardcore and you're not honoring all the other things that you have in your life, you're going to wind up shaming yourself. So let's do something that's realistic. And Expect it to change based on what's going on in your life. And that's okay. If you woke up in the morning and all you got to was your gratitude and you did a little breath work while you were in the shower, it's fine. That's enough. They're, they know. They've got you. They, it, it is spiritual to be cathartic. It is spiritual to you know, check off your to-do list and feel accomplished. That's actually a spiritual thing. <laughs> I, had that, I had that this morning. I've just come off three weeks on a tour and I, I just didn't want to get out of bed this morning. I was feeling like, you know, I just need to rest. I just need to rest. And one of my, um, the smaller of my cats just crawled up and he's kind of the skittish one who, you know, generally doesn't want to be held too much, but he crawled up and just sat on my stomach. And I thought, oh, permission. There you go. <laughs> right. And doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And I said, all right, I'll just lie here until Deacon decides he's going to move. And, you know, I he was a, he was a physical guy, he was, you know, he was, he was really here, but you know, mm -hmm. that kind of trusting that, um, that rest is also spiritual practice. I think is something we undervalue. There's the doing, 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 mm -hmm. and not so much of the, the being. And I think in that being is often where we get the connection because we're not so busy doing. Oh, absolutely. We have to, we have to honor all of the bodies. 
our physical, our mental, our spiritual and emotional bodies are very telling. And when I first started reading people, you know, it's fun. It's exciting. You're fi finally making this connection that I always knew I could do. And it's, and I'm helping people and it's great. But reading every single day for hours and hours and hours, I was realizing was incredibly draining. I wasn't honoring myself. The energy, I was, it was hard to release those readings. I uh, was sticking with me. And so I learned very early on that a schedule and sticking to it is very important. And I will tell you that when you compromise that, uh, my guides will cancel appointments on me. <laughs> they will move things around, you know, and sometimes I'm negotiating, just let me get to the end of the week. You know, I think I write about not honoring that feeling of moving it around and the reading wound up being disastrous for that poor woman. I, you know, I remember thinking I knew it, knew I wasn't supposed to do it, but there's that accountability again. If I want to attempt to contact my guides, mm -hmm. what's a good first step for me to make that connection? Is there, is there a, a particular path that I can try? Yes. First, believe that you can. Okay. Your mind is going to want to get in there and say, this is silly. What are you doing? Guide. Come on. Right. So first we want to move into belief system. You could do one of two things. You can go into a meditation. I do a temple meditation in the book. Uh, where you ascend through the chakras and you create this beautiful temple. There's many variations of it. This is just my adaptation of it. And you go in and you create a seating area in this temple and you invite a guide to come and sit with you. You can also write. You can do an automatic writing where you're just receiving the information. Who are you? Uh, why are you here? I love who, what, where, when, and why questions, you know, when you're connecting. The, the, uh, the biggest gift you can give yourself is not questioning, am I making this up? Just go with it. Just go with it and allow them to present themselves. Don't try so hard to either uh, to either see them or hear them. Okay. Let them reveal it to you. Mm -hmm. If you're creating a meditative space and it starts to change and a loved one comes in instead, let it flow um, and just keep working at it and know that you can receive their guidance in, and to really start with that. And it should feel familiar. I often, if you feel drawn to certain times in history, certain types of civilizations as well. It's a great way to start knowing that you might see somebody from that time because it feels familiar too. So again, your imagination can come into play uh, and help you along. If you're getting a little stuck, you can kind of, I always say, well, who do you think it may be? Where hmm. do you think there might be from? Your inner knowing knows. And like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of drawn to Egyptians. We'll start there and go off of that because really that's just your guides helping you along anyway to make connection to them. When you speak to those on the other side, are there common communications from them that uh, you know you tend to receive regularly for for folks? Yes, I'm blessed to have repetitive theme that is so comforting and so loving that I never get sick of hearing it. And usually, it's we are fine, we are okay, we are with you, we're still part of your life. Um, I'm healed. I've heard that many times. I'm learning. I've heard that. Uh, I'm okay. My soul is okay, no matter how they've passed. Uh, they're with the light. That's a beautiful one. A very reassuring, very comforting life goes on. They've shown me in uh, being with other family members, hmm. which is really beautiful. You know, I've been taken to many a, many a Sunday dinner or parties, you know, on that other side for them to show me. Uh, my father-in-law was a golfer and he he often shows me himself on the golf course and tells me he's hitting them long and straight, you know? Uh, so they, they show this really beautiful, calming imagery along with uh, lovely comforting words. And uh, it, it makes for a 
a beautiful conversation. What about animals on the other side? I, you know, I, I had a, a dog named Muffin. She's a Westie, Westie and she was so yeah. dear and sweet to my heart. She, I, I'm certain that she's one of my guides on the other side. Is that possible to have sure. a, an animal guide? Oh my gosh, yes. Animals come through all the time. I remember when I first started channeling animals, I was a little confused because I didn't realize what I was seeing. Arf, and then I remember arf, saying, arf, yeah. oh yeah, I remember here, I remember saying, well, your dog, the dog said, and this was in a group setting. And this woman said, wait, what do you mean the dog said? You know, <laughs> talk about the dog said. Uh, but yeah, I've channeled many, many animals. Um, I did one reading where this, I was seeing an elephant and I said the elephant's name, they're saying Daisy, I don't understand. This is really confusing. And the woman wound up, uh, she had worked in a circus and the uh, elephant's name was Daisy that was coming through. <laughs> it's crazy, but they show me themselves on the other side. I've seen my dogs that have passed. Uh, I truly believe that animals are one of the biggest gifts that we have in this world and that they are here to help us heal. Yes. And, uh, and I love my, I mean, I'm an animal lover. So my little furry baby is sleeping right over there and uh, it's, it, they always come through. Absolutely. Please channel your, your, if you want to, again, if you do that meeting hours in heaven and you want one of your animals to come through, let them come through. You got it. You got yep. it. Mm-hmm. So I would love to, to switch gears with a question that's burning <laughs> here. Uh, that's kind of based on something that Jim and I were talking about with this book, which is, you know, the, the fears that people have about psychic development. But yeah. I also want to broaden it based on a news story I read this morning, mm. that there was a, a young girl in Nigeria who was stoned to death for having uh, written something on her Facebook about how Jesus had helped her with her tests. Okay. And being in a very kind of fanatical and area that she yeah. lived in, her beliefs about being guided by her spirit guides ended up being blasphemous, heretical, and ended up in her death. Mm. Now we live in, you know, we're, we're recording this podcast in the States. We're recording it on a channel, which is very open to the concepts we're talking about right now. And I presume you work in a lot of areas where people are open to the ideas we're talking about today. C can you talk a little bit about, you know, contextually mm -hmm. that, that we have some fears in our society about this type of work and they go back to all sorts of stuff we could go way down history, you know, in memory mm -hmm. lane with, you know, if, if you have been raised with some of those fears or concepts and you want to do this, how, how do you perhaps get over those blocks and how do you keep yourself safe while you're doing so? It's a great question. And it's one that I get very often. A large amount of my students come to me with fear from uh, just what you're speaking of, you know, how they were raised, different religious backgrounds, culturally, it was told that they were wrong. What I tell them is, you know, the, to me, this is my translation of it, that type of fear was given to us. Uh, there's fearful translations in all areas of the world and every background and every religion. There's something that that is fearful, that's put into uh, def many different types of teachings. And what I try to explain or have them do is work on leaning outside of that fear, coming away from the fear and going to what their soul knows, knows to be true and keeping it authentically then. If you were raised in a very religious background, let's take the best of that. Let's not abandon it entirely, but let's take the best of what that is. Um, I, I speak in godly terms when I speak that way, because God is somebody that that's what I identify with. And I say, we have a, it's a loving God. The God I know is loving. 
The God I know is universal. That's the God I know. Would never teach hate mm -hmm. or tell you you are wrong for being you or right. not wanting you to feel your loved one around you. And if we are made in that godly likeness, then aren't we then part of that energy? And I think that it's, uh, I actually went, I didn't, wasn't raised uh, in the conformity of religion. I actually went to it because I craved it. I wanted the quote unquote normalcy. I didn't want to feel like the psychic girl that lived down the street, right? I wanted to be like, right, yeah. right. So I actually went the other way, but what it did was it gave me a beautiful foundation for a reconnection to my higher power. And what I didn't do is that when I, when I heard the fear being spoken at me, it didn't resonate mm. because I never learned that. Mm -hmm. So I try to get them to unlearn that fear. Uh, in that particular case, this poor girl, I mean, that's extreme. Yeah. You know, it's an extreme case. It's not something that I've ever come across uh, in this country, but I have, I do work with students all over the world who live in areas where it's not accepted. And basically what I say to them is, you know, ask the universe to bring you your people of like mind, uh, whether it's virtual or not, and just ask for that protection and know that you're speaking your truth. Uh, and unfortunately, yeah, there just are extremists in, in every area. And I just try to give, continue to have them lean into that more positive space so that they can go on with their work. Beautiful, thank you. Thanks for the question, it's a good one. So, you know, our world is, you know, in turmoil as it has always been it seems and there's yeah. lots of stuff going on in the news and yeah. i'm wondering are there certain things that the spiritual realm can help us deal with you know deal with these sort of worldly issues it, it, or does it come down to just an individual um knowledge of source i think it depends on on uh who you are as a person and how you're feeling in the moment for your, for your perception and, and what you're willing to receive and what you want to see. It's, it's hard to look at the, the face of tragedy and try and uh, have a godly explanation for that, you know, or, or a universal explanation for that. And so I, I said to somebody the other day, I can't always spirit explain. Right, you know, right. Right. You know, so to me, I, I'm, I want to be, I want to feel my feelings in that human moment. And then I turn to my higher power for guidance and how to navigate through that, uh, whether it be sending love, uh, yes, giving prayer, uh, taking an action in, that feels authentic to me, shrouding the world in, in light, asking that our, our leaders have uh, the, the, given the knowledge to find solution. Uh, and so I try to go, I lean into prayer and intention. Mm -hmm. uh, along with feeling like my human self, allowing those feelings to come through too, because I think that those feelings that stem from deep empathy are really important to get you to that place of love and understanding, you know, for others and not why situations happen, but what we can do in that moment energy wise. So I just, I kind of let it all come in. I, the last thing I try and do is figure out explanation as to why's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems impossible on this plane to, to figure that out. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, you know, and I, I, I mean, there's been plenty of times when I've woken up and said, you know, why God, why? Right. Right. And, uh, and, and in some situations I've heard you tell me, mm. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, fair enough, fair, fair, enough, enough. fair <laughs> enough. You know, we do have free will. We are, you know, this is our, again, this human school, we are accountable. We yeah. are accountable. So, okay. Fair enough. What final piece of advice would you give our listeners, the, the ones that want to become professional mediums first off, and then I'll, I'll have a second part to that question. 
uh, if you're looking to be a psychic medium, please take classes, please do your due diligence and understanding what this energy is like, uh, how to give messages with care, concern and compassion practice, know that you have the responsibility of people's feelings in your hands and understand the weight behind that, and then embrace it and enjoy it and give it over and, uh, and give yourself permission to experience your calling if, if this is what you want to do and, and do it in a beautiful and authentic way. And I, I'm going to, I have a second question, but now it brought something else up to me. And that is, are, are our lives malleable? I mean, do, or is it written in stone? I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I think they're malleable. I mean, I think we have points in life and certain callings and soul contracts. Yes. But like I said before, you can go in and edit those. I think when you understand how powerful you are as a human being in this space with a spiritual soul, that you can really work with that energy and create a storyline in your life that if it's not working for you, you can recreate that story. I often tell my students, go write your role. What do you want it to look like? Uh, if you're calling yourself one thing that feels negative, give yourself a new title, surround yourself with positivity, and you're in charge of that. Uh, and so I, I highly advise that you take advantage of, of that type of power in your life. Yes, you can change things in your life, for sure. And what final thing would you say about communicating with our guides, giving it, you know, if you were to give advice on uh, to a listener, what what's your final note on that? <laughs> I don't mean final, like, you know, you can never say anything else about it again, you know, but I mean, just for our talk to. I think the most productive advice that I can give is that you have access to them and that it, what's one of the most powerful gifts that you can give yourself. And even as you're questioning, even if you're thinking, if you're not doing it right, or when am I making this up, and, or you're not believing, know that they believe in you and that you have a team of besties on the other side who are here to help you and you are never alone. And I hope that you find that really comforting. So access them. Marianne, thank you so much for coming on Big Universe. It's been a pleasure having you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. For more information about Marianne DeMarco, check out our website, mariannedemarco.com, and pick up our new book, Medium Mentor, 10 Powerful Techniques to Awaken Divine Guidance for Yourself and Others. For more great information about Sarah Bowen and to order her new book, Sacred Send-Offs, an animal chaplain's advice for surviving animal loss, making life meaningful, and healing the planet, go to sacredsendoffs.com. You can find out more about me on my website called youthrivehere.com. Thanks, everybody. I'm Jim Lefter with Sarah Bowen. We'll talk with you next time on Big Universe. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.